Welcome to the Eric Angel Podcast, a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Thank you once again for being here. Easy, busy as a bee. A week and a half ago, I said, okay. I got a ton of shit I got to get done up north. All this hillbilly shit. Break leaves. Uh, uh, cut logs, split logs, put fuel stabilizer in uh, all of the gas so it doesn't go stale. You know, uh, I, I got to put that uh, film up on the windows, you know, because this, they're so drafty. It's wintertime up north. Had all these chores to do. And I'm excited about going up there because... Um, I want to see if I was able to uh, keep the damn trailer from being breached by the mice. Those evil fucking mice. (laughs) Linda writes, oh no, my Prime subscription expires in an hour. What do I do? That's hilarious. I don't think Kenny is going to laugh at that, though. He doesn't like that. Uh, Anyway. And um, the plan was, okay, I'm going to go up there uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, that's right, Wednesday. I'm going to finish up the show Wednesday, and then I'm going to go up north. I'm going to pack my four dogs in my truck. I'm going to go up north and then not bathe until I get home on Sunday. It's going to be that in ama- that uh, that amazing of a time of being a dirty, filthy hilljack. Problem. Uh, my latest sponsor, the Grand Rapids Gold, said, oh, we'd love to have you at Media Day on Thursday. Now, these people just agreed to spend money with me. And I go, yeah, of course. I'm there. So that, that you know, that's today. So... You know, priorities. Like, ah, don't worry about it, Eric. So then I'm like, uh, put my ducks in a row yesterday. So that means like today, uh, my plan was uh, go to the media day thing. And then in the late afternoon, go up north. (laughs) Then I got, okay, this is going to sound ridiculous. But when you get up there in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night and it's cold and absolutely pitch black. It scares the shit out of me. I mean, hills have eyes type of deal. Nick says, I took the day off. I'm already up north in the deer blind. Archery deer hunting season. I don't know how you do it. That seems so miserable to me. I would be filled with so much trepidation. How, how is it that at what, I mean, at, at what point in your, um, in your psychosis, are you like, man, cause you had to have been a young guy, right? When you started hunting a young kid. Hey, Dad, let's go kill shit in the woods. How the fuck is that fun? 
I just don't understand. I mean, believe me, I get it, and it's necessary, and I'm glad people hunt. But to me, it's one step below psycho. <coughs> hey, what do you want to do? You want to go to uh you want to go to the uh Lions game? No. Uh, what do you say we go to the whorehouse? No, let's go kill shit. I just don't get it. Ben Weller says, because venison salami is delicious. Yeah, I, I just don't buy that that's your motivation. I think you're all, I think that's just a side effect of it. Fucking lunatics. That's weird, though, because people accuse me of being like uh, an anti-hunter. And it's like, no, no, not at all. I, I want more of you weirdos out there. Okay? Um, we don't talk to you. If we are on Facebook and we see that you post a picture of you with your uh, 12-year-old kid posing by a, uh, uh, a dead deer... We just unfriend you. We don't, no one, no one likes you. The only people that like you are other maniacs who take silly pictures of them with dead deer. You're a weirdo. It, it, you just got to deal with it. Yes, you do have skills if the end of the world hits. You can go and you can live off the land. Congratulations. I'll just dip out or I'll eat some of yours. Hall of Famer Chris in Maine says, I always hear, quote, it's tradition. It's about the camaraderie. <laughs> he writes, fuck that. Yeah, I go up north and I sit by the fire, but I don't go kill shit. Uh, ben Willis says, I don't actually hunt. I just make friends with hunters. I'm too lazy for that. Cole writes, hopefully I get a silly picture of me with my, with an elk this weekend. He's Nick says, my parents did not hunt and I do not post pics. I keep it out of sight from libtards. All right. Well, that's interesting to me because typically uh, people don't keep it out of sight. They want to show it off. But I'm happy that it happens. That It's really weird for me because it is. Uh, I am well aware of how critical we need these psychos like Nick in the woods. I mean, this is non-negotiable. I, I think actually that they make it in, so, uh, in some cases too restrictive for the hunters. Um, if it wouldn't, if it wouldn't affect the balance of deer from a conservation standpoint, I would be okay with these hilljacks just driving down the interstate shooting as they drive that they, it would actually be legal for them to mount weaponry on the vehicle like you're playing fucking road rash, not road rash. What's that fucking game? Old school video game. I don't remember. Whatever.
Linda says, Nick, are you making jerky to keep your doomsday shelter stocked? I don't think Nick is much of a doomsdayer. I think um, there's a song by Hank Williams Jr. called uh, Country Boy Can Survive. And if you listen to the words of that, it's a fucking great song, by the way. Hank Williams Jr., uh, in recent years, he's kind of been made into a, a, a joke because he got himself in some hot water. But that motherfucker, I love Hank Williams Jr. Nothing better. And a country folk can't survive. Country folks can't survive. Uh, all right. How the fuck did I get on that? That's what you're going to get a lot of today. Is uh, a lot of this easy tangent off whatever pops into his brain. Field not found says easy thinks hunters are psychos. Yet thinks he would survive an apocalypse where you need to hunt or trap food to survive. Well, I don't recall saying that I would survive an apocalypse. I said I would just dip out. Um, Chris in Maine says, before they found the main shooter, they closed opening restaurant. Wait, they closed opening residence day. That Saturday to the entire state, they found him Friday night and they announced at 10 p.m. that the whole state was open except for the four towns around the guy's house. Chris, the line from the Hank Williams Jr. song, I'd love to spit some beech nut in that dude's eye and shoot him with my old 45. Yes. He rhymed five and I. This doesn't exactly work. Bob says they should let them hunt deer like the wild hogs in Texas hanging out the side of a helicopter, pumping rounds into a running herd of pigs. That is incredible. Those fucking hogs. um, You get a herd of like 500 that can just basically go and put a farmer out of business in like six minutes. It's like a plague. Uh, Amanda with a good callback. No song lyrics allowed. God, that Adam guy. What a fucking oddball he was. I hated that. I I could only take it for so long. Everything we'd say, he would pull lyrics from a song and then write the lyrics on the goddamn chat. That was in the wild west of the goddamn chat. When if it wasn't Adam writing his stupid song lyrics, it was one of those other dumb fucks of those dozen or so animals that just ruined the chat for a period of time. Chris, you're fine. You're fine. You're totally fine. Once in a while, based on what we were talking about, it works. You did your job. Yeah, that idiot. Oh, fuck. If he'd say anything, he would have a song lyric for it. 
Kristen Maine says this calls for a Ted Nugent impression. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Eric Zane. <laughs> we will hunt the hogs <laughs> from the chopper. Whoa. Wooden shoe. I do the big Z93. Give me Coca Pop, Chippy Chippy, Coca Pop. Now it's not Boogie Bop, Bebop, Baloo Bop, Wham Bam, Boogie Woogie, baby. All right. Anyway, I was wanting to go up north. And then, but getting up there that late, I know it sounds like I'm a complete pussy, but it's fucking 35 degrees inside of the trailer. I'll get up there at 8 o'clock. It's going to take two hours to warm the place up. I'm just paranoid the dogs are going to get out and run out into the woods because when they get there, they, they fucking got the zoomies. So I'm like, fuck it. Today is going to come and go. And then tomorrow, while you are enjoying the not the best of the Eric Zane Show podcast, which will include the Gary from the Men's Warehouse saga, we'll dip back to uh, parts one and two in its entirety of Z-Speed Mobile Mechanic. And on Patreon, we will have a something to listen to while I'm away episode from February of 2010. Tomorrow, I'm off to do my hillbilly chores in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we're going, I think, with the lasagna, the Eric Zancho podcast, Slaughter the Turks, lasagna for Sunday. With a nice salad and breadsticks. Oh my God, my lasagna. It Wow. Very underrated. Underrated. Okay. And you don't like uh, make sauce, take the sauce like out of a jar. You actually have to make the sauce that you put on the lasagna. Now, I have to get approval from the board in order to make it. Because I usually run it up the family flagpole. If I'm given approval, I'm going to go with the lasagna. Uh, Ben Weller says, I smoked a lasagna yesterday. Uh, Try it. Okay, now, uh, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know how you smoke a lasagna. Do you have to use one of those Traeger grills that everybody has? Or just any smoking apparatus? You know, you can actually buy um, like a, a a smoking box and just put the uh, whatever um, mesquite inside of that metal box and put some tinfoil on it and put it into a regular grill off to the side. But what a lot of people do these days is they sp- uh, spend, like Ben did, um, like uh, fifteen or $16,000 on one of these Traeger pellet grills, which it's the easiest fucking thing in the world. You open up a uh, fucking uh, door on the on that thing, and you just pour these wood pellets in there, and then you you don't even prepare the food. You just open the lid, and as hard as you can, you throw the brisket in there. And then you close it, and then you come back and it's perfect. It's so it's like even sliced. It does everything for you. It takes all of the work out of it. Joe Martinez says they are junk. 
Ben says he paid $350. Well, you know, I'm not, trust me, everything I say is exaggerated. Chris says 33 hours of smoking for five minutes of enjoyment doesn't do it for me. My problem is whenever I smoke something outside of pull, when I smoke something, um, every, every bite is like, I'm actually taking a piece, a, like a, a Kingsford charcoal briquette and just eating it. It's always too goddamn smoky. I can't, I can't handle it. Like if I buy, uh, whatever, whatever type of meat that some people might smoke, I'd rather just cook it and enjoy the taste of the meat than the taste of smoke. It reminds me of when I was in a chili cook-off before I knew how to cook chili. It was at the Bob. It was back in the day when, um, at Cumulus, you know, uh, nobody was listening to the radio show. So I was concerned about being fired. So whenever they said jump, I would say how high. And, um, Lori said, yeah, you're cooking at the um, chili cook-off. You're going to have a table and you're cooking chili. And I'm like, God, it's like a Saturday. So I'm like, all right, you know, I go all in. Uh, I prepare the recipe. I've never done it before. And I, but I have to cook a large batch of it. So I have to get like a big fucking burner and a big pot. And, um, well, I scorched the meat burnt it so the entire batch is ruined and it it tasted like smoke it tasted like it was burnt well i still got to set up so i finished making it this tainted chili and i uh start to serve it and people are coming up and uh in order to uh trick people I got a sign that said easy, uh, whatever, super smoked chili extravaganza. So I'm telling them that it tastes burnt, but I'm tricking them. And then I can't tell you how many people said, oh my God, how did you get this smoke flavor? I said, well, that's a secret recipe and technique that I, I, I can't reveal that. And I just burnt it. Now, a few of the regulars who know a thing or two, I think it was Tony Gates. He, he knows about this shit. He goes, hey, hey, baby, you burned your chili, eh? Oh, man, baby, you burned your chili. 97 LAV. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Everybody hates you. God damn. It was awful. It was fucking terrible. Uh, young Adam Schwab says speaking of the WBBL days did you see Alan Bob Alan Bob's is going out of business I did I did see that um the guy who runs the place Merle he's the owner 
he was quoted in the article as saying, yeah, I don't know anything about Facebook and how to, uh, he doesn't know how to advertise. Okay. He doesn't know how to advertise. And he made that very, very clear in the article that, uh, in the day and age of buying online, he didn't have any, um, ability to, uh, uh, compensate for that loss. And he says, I don't even know how to Facebook or something like that. Now, if you're someone who says, I don't know how to Facebook. Yeah, you're fucking dead. But not for lack of trying. I tried to get Alan Bobs on here. That guy, Merle, is the hardest person on earth to reach. And no matter what you do or say, he is not going to engage you. Like, I know him on a first-name basis. And um, I drove over there. Because I couldn't get him to pick up the phone. I've got his fucking cell phone. I would text. I would call. He would ignore. And then the people that worked there, Scott said, remember Scott? He said, oh yeah, he's impossible to reach. He won't respond to anybody. So I drive over there. And I make a pitch. And he agrees to listen. He was a nice guy. And I go, this is what you need to do. And this is why you should do it. And you used to advertise with me on BBL and, and you, you know, we can, we can have a great relationship. I'll help you, uh, market Alan Bob's for next to nothing. And he, he, it's just, the words are bouncing off of him. So, um, now he's old and he, uh, he starts out saying in the story, well, yeah, I want to be with my grandkids. And then the further you get into the article, he's like, I, I, I nobody buys anything here anymore. Sales are like down because it's so much easier to, you know, grab your phone and buy whatever. Last Saturday, it dawned on me. I needed a fucking microphone. At 10 a.m., I ordered this. And by 6 p.m., it was at my house. Motherfucker. How great is that? This is a remote unit that talks to this and then it puts it into my phone. It's basically a handheld for out on the street, which I need for uh, uh, another reason. That's how quickly the shit comes these days. My God, do I love that. Can you imagine if you uh, like adopted somebody from like Haiti who has no idea about anything in the world. And you started to uh, experience these things with a person. It would be nuts. Uh, My dear friend, Mary Veldink, who is under the weather right now. She just had say a medical uh, medical procedure. Love her so much. Um, They had a, um, a sponsored child. You know, you ever do that? Like here, especially in West Michigan, all these Dutch fuckers, they do that. They'll like sponsor a child. And um, they sponsored this child from some country in Africa that, you know, uh, the the biggest piece of technology they have there is uh, mud and like uh, uh, antler or whatever. The kid thought it was sorcery because she visited when she uh, was at a hotel and uh, walked into a, a, a glass door 
Like she hit it and went boom, and the kid's like, and she thought it was a force field. She didn't know what the fuck it was. Chris says, easy, didn't you do this? I still do this. I don't invite them though. I don't invite them over. All these Dutch people, what they do is they'll sponsor a child and then they'll like fly him in for the weekend to go around with all their rich friends and show them off. Look at wh- how much I'm happy. Uh, see how much I'm ha- uh, helping Shivlal here. Meanwhile, shivlal has got a fucking broken nose from going face first into the glass door. Yeah, they tried that shit with me. Can Shivlal visit? I'm like, no. Fuck that shit. You can't have the money. Shivlal's like 40 now. I think he got eaten by a lion. Uh, frankly, uh, I, I don't even know who my sponsored child is. I'm not even sure that that's a thing anymore. You send him like 20 bucks a month. And then every once in a while you get like a picture and a handwritten note. And I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that everybody's got the same picture and the same note. Chris in Maine says, what is sponsoring? Do you mean grooming? No, I don't mean shut up. You fucking idiot. Where is my baseball video, by the way? All right. Last night was spectacular. Uh, Who are these free beers? Was absurd. We had a lot of ground to cover. We had free beers saying, I'm just kidding more than once. Uh, We reviewed their Halloween movie title porno game, which was so bad. I don't want to really delve into it because I'll steal thunder on the bit. We also played where two members of the audience uh, got through on their virtual live at night show. Patrick was actually a good caller. And really didn't do anything because he got hung up on. And then Trump got through and uh, stole the show. Blue State Rob said that some of the vibe when Trump called or when we were reviewing the show made him think how it felt when that show used to be funny. And I, I took me a while, but I think I know what he's talking about. Trump called up and immediately started ripping on Hot Wings bad and then trump turned his uh sights on free beer and then uh uh, challenge steve and then he went after one of the women on that show he went in and basically just murdered okay and greg was dying he was gasping for breath at how funny it was it killed him um, within seconds of Trump starting to speak, everybody in the room was impressed at what they heard. Now, they probably assumed that that was an impression of Trump, a very good impression of Trump, but we all know that it's not. It's actually Trump. However, while they're all uh, loving what they're hearing, dumb fuck Steve actually says, that's the worst 
Trump I've ever heard in my life. And they all look at him like he's got two heads. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? For a brief moment in time, easy free beer and the entire easy show Patreon audience were on the same page pointing a finger at Steve and say, you're a fucking idiot. This is why you make bad decisions of doing shows with pedophiles. You're stupid. You dumb fuck. Oh. God damn. Um, we then parked on a number of uh, free beer joke bombs. Uh, like three or four in a row where he said something and just met with incredible silence and shrugs. It devastating. I would, I would stop. So bad. And then we headed across the street for the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast where holy shit. Oh my God. One thing after another on that one, including reviewing a trailer for some really, really bad movie called five nights at Freddy's that Amanda swears is a great, great movie. And it, it's just another nail in the coffin of Amanda. I mean, it, it looks so bad, my God. And, uh, just so much fun as well. We reviewed part of Ben's radio show. We reviewed the NFK's 2020 video when, uh, is, uh, he was recording his, his face when he thought he was trying to take a picture and then he had a goddamn temper tantrum. It was awesome. Uh, Aram says, Freebeer laughing at Trump laying waste makes me think Freebeer still knows what good radio is, but just doesn't do it. Wow, what a comment. That's that's spectacular what you just said. I love that. All there for you to check out. For free. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. If you are not taking advantage of the free trial, uh, you're making a huge mistake. Now, if you've signed up for Patreon in the past, um, I, I guess it has a marker by your email or whatever, but it uh, you would have to try it under a different email. If you want to get back after it, let's say you you were on Patreon in the past and you, you got out of it because it sucks. Uh, you can sign up again, but you'd have to use a different email because the software recognizes you and um, uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't offer it. I don't know. But for those of you that have never taken advantage of this or never been a former pa- never been a Patreon in the past, it's free. So you just go to patreon.com slash Eric Zane, uh, put in a payment form, sign up. It's seven days from the moment you sign up. You do have the option of immediately canceling it and you still get the seven days. That is there for you. But I trust that you'll like it enough that you will want to uh, keep it going. If you um, do sign up like right away, the only version of these shows that I mentioned that's available are the $10 level live streams, uh, live stream replays. But, but um, I am editing up the audio podcast and getting them posted ASAP. That is the $5 a month level. So thank you. 
Okay. That's what's burning on your old pal EZ's brain. Um, for those of you that are enjoying the show via Facebook, X, or YouTube, if you want the full free podcast, because I'm letting you go right now, I'm kicking you out. Uh, you must download the Twitch app and then search Eric Zane live. That's my username. All one word, Eric Zane live. And you'll be able to get right after you could take a minute. Or if you're on a desktop or a laptop, you can go to twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live. You can watch previous episodes that are on demand available for you. If you are just into driving around and listening to audio or working, listening to the audio podcast that's on any platform that you listen to podcasts on, uh, just search my name, subscribe, rate, and review. If uh, Especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. That's kind of like the gold standard these days. Uh, if you ever want to say hello, reach out to me in the Shoreliners striping inbox. Eric at EricZaneShow.com. Uh, Shoreliners striping, they stripe parking lots. Eric at EricZaneShow.com. Uh, but uh, all right. Facebook, X, and YouTube, thank you. Open and live stream brought to you by the Grand Rapids Gold. The season opens up on Sunday, November 12th. Now, full disclosure, if you were listening to this show yesterday, I talked about how uh, tickets for November are on sale for $5. That was bogus info. And after I talked about it, I was informed that that is not a thing. That's a bummer. However, tickets are available for the home opener Sunday, November 12th. You can get them for as low as $13. They're giving away magnets to the first thousand fans. It's veterans night, half off all grandstand seats taking on the Motor City Cruise. This is great, affordable family fun. As long as you don't buy beer. Uh, they This year, the Gold are doing $2 beers, $2 dogs. But um, they're doing it on Thursdays and Fridays. And over 50% of their games are weekend games. So $2 beers, $2 dogs, every Thursday, every Friday. The first $2 beer, $2 dog night isn't till uh, December 8th. And on those nights, you students can get tickets in the nosebleeds for five bucks. So you go up there, you drink, uh, hit on chicks, hit on guys, and you don't break the bank. That is college night, Friday, December 8th. But uh, more importantly, the home opener, November 12th. So a week and a few days away. I will be there. Uh, cannot wait. Very excited about the opening weekend for the Grand Rapids Gold. There you go. You can get tickets. Just click the link in the show notes. Okay. And you can, um, you can get after it. So there you go. Here's my friends of the Grand Rapids Gold. Grand Rapids Golds. Grand Rapids Gold. God, I can't even say it right. What an asshole. All these fantastic games are available. Uh, you just click on the link and off you go. Uh, 
Aram says, easy with the old bait and switch. Absolutely. Unintentional. Uh, Aram says, I'm re-watching the film Whiplash. That movie was so good. Not sure why I don't remember it being so good. I love that movie. The guy who does um, the farmer's insurance commercials. Isn't that weird? He like wins an Oscar and then his next big power move. What's his name? J.K. Rowling's. And then his next big move is to do uh, commercials for farmers. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. I think he actually was, it was kind of like coinciding. He, um, uh, because I remember when J.K. Rowling won that Oscar. Doogie Hauser was the host of the fucking Oscars. And then after J.K. Rowling won the Oscar, Doogie goes, he won an Oscar. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. Played the part of J. Jonah Jameson in the first Spider-Man. Aram says J.K. Simmons is a genius so creepy in Oz. Never saw Oz. Heard it was great. Yeah, that Whiplash movie. Motherfucker, is he intense. When he makes that fat kid cry. Oh, fucking shit. I was rooting for him. I, I love J.K. Simmons' character in that. I could really, really. That. I In this weird, sadistic way, I wanted to be him. Like throwing symbols at people and shit. Like fucking odd job. God damn, was that great. All those band dorks screaming at him. I wish they had built in a scene where some kid's playing a trumpet and he fucks up. And then he like bashes the horn of the trumpet back into the kid's teeth. Fuck yes. That's all weird. Sorry. Okay, I got to go pee. Uh, we are off and rolling on this Thursday edition of the Eric Zane Show podcast. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Uh, just dawned on me. That we have not heard from Stu McAllister in a long, long time. Or he hasn't heard from me in a long, long time. One of my favorite people on the planet. I think next week, we have to do an edition of who are these Ottawa County fascists. Hey, Stu, I'm on the podcast and it just dawned, oh, okay. it just dawned on me. I haven't talked to you in quite some time. It's, it's been a hot minute. Yes. What's happening? Are you available to do who are these Ottawa County fascists next week? Hell yeah, I am. I've been waiting by the phone. Yeah. It's, it's getting hot and heavy over there. They're really going full on fascist. I love it full lunatic yeah it makes me happy you know people that um that live here in ottawa county they oftentimes say things like i gotta get out of here I, this place sucks and i disagree i love it um i mean it, it we're, we are at the center of ignorance and we get to watch it all unfold like from the front row it's a lot of laughs at that right oh it's great i i hope more shit happens like they start like uh uh putting black people in camps just for like, like cause uh, just to watch it all unfold. Oh my God. 
teachers coming into school in blackface, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, this this is great. I, this is fucking the best entertainment in the world. It's something, man. I don't know. If you, it, how do you feel that when you tell people that you live there? Like, what do people do? And they're like, oh, my God. What, what, what are you doing about it? And then you're like, ah, I'm just mocking these people. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, if I, I don't know what they would expect me to do. Like, do they, am I supposed to just rush in and do something? There's nothing you can do. You just let it go and just laugh, point and laugh at those motherfuckers. If you were to rush in with a gun, would they cheer you on or would they be like, oh, my God, what's happening here? Oh, yeah. I mean, they'd say, oh, here comes a patriot who's going to kill us. This makes me this makes me happy. <laughs> Wow. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, Ryan in the chat says, this is what makes evil uh, artificial intelligence Zane impossible because the, re- because the real guy says things like putting black people in camps. <laughs> it's true, man. It is true. Um, okay, so there's that. Um, have you? How, how are things on the Dippin' Dots front? I know you've talked about there are people that... Uh, uh, just don't want to work. Are you still faced with yeah. that that nonsense? Yeah, there's a lot of changes coming to the job. We're we're moving apparently, and then we're not moving. There's new job opportunities. I have no idea what's going on. Man. Why don't they so. just make you? And can you imagine if they made you in charge of everything? <laughs> I don't know if that would be good. I think they all realize I'm a lunatic and they're probably like, we should not put this guy in charge. I think you should be running like a hospital or something. You should be <laughs> running something that's very, very important. Uh, I, I, uh, I think those days are gone. Just put me in charge of ice cream and everybody will be better off. Yeah. I, I know how it is. I mean, <laughs> you and I both, um, you know, we careers are completely down the toilet. We just <laughs> fucking get by and scrape by and yell at people. That's all we do. Hey, let, let me ask you this real quick. Whenever I tell people that I do a podcast, they're always like, oh, I should do a podcast. And then I immediately tell them, don't do a podcast. That's a good do you, move. Do you get the same thing? Do people always tell you all the time they want to do a podcast? I've had many people not only um, tell me that they're going to do a podcast, um, they'll, they'll then ask me if I can give them, like, tell them how to do a podcast. <laughs> and then I always say, of course I will. Right. And then, um, I'll sit down for 45 minutes of time and uh, explain to them the basics about how they can get up and running. And then they do three shows and then they never do another podcast again. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much how it works, man. Right. I don't know if they think they're going to get instantly famous or or what's going to happen. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty well, much it. I've said to many people that about how much credit I give you because um, you started from scratch, and that's different than yeah. than what people like my that what I was able to do. You yeah. got it more challenging, so I don't know how the fuck you stick uh, with it. I mean, that's that's not the easiest thing in the world. It's uh, it's a glutton for punishment and ultimately not caring what other people say. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find it to be an outlet? Because you sent me a clip of you telling everybody to fuck off <laughs> not long ago. You were really going crazy telling everybody to fuck themselves. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I said fuck 16 times in 18 seconds. I think that's what it was. Oh, it was uh, incredible. It, it, is, it is kind of an outlet. Um, yeah, like I, I know a lot of people like in the comedy world, people are like, comedy is therapy. And I'm like, no, no, please, please never think of comedy as therapy. But you can think of it as an outlet. And so for me, the podcast is an outlet where I just get to say outlandish things. I don't really talk to too many people. Like probably my talking to you right now will be it for the day. I won't talk to anybody else. So I can get on the podcast and uh, just spout nonsense. Uh, not that different from me because I don't, I don't really, I don't really leave the house. I sure. usually just uh, uh, take the dogs for walks, pick up their shit and wave at people. I had a kid the other day. I was talking about this on the podcast. There was a kid in the yeah. neighborhood and this is how uh, kids are all stupid. But uh, I was walking the dogs, and this was the interaction. And I don't know how the kid found this out because uh, we just had an issue with one of our dogs um, a few months ago. But this was the conversation. The kid says, hey, he's probably like 13. Aren't you the guy that does the voice of the Grand Rapids Griffins? And I go, yeah. And he goes, wow. And then his next sentence is, didn't, oh, your, didn't your dog die? <laughs> and I thought it shows you how fucked up a kid, how retarded kids are. Because he, he, there was no, you know, there was no buffer in between. Right, right. You know, right. If, if he would have said, I, "I just love your dogs," oh, I, I heard one of your dogs died. I mean, that would have been acceptable. But he went from hockey to dead dog. And then I'm like, How does, how does he make that leap? He's a fucking idiot kid. That's what kids are all like. That I, you know, fuck those kids. Kids are such pieces of shit, Stu. You sound like my podcast. That's all I talk about. <laughs> it's it's fun to just sit around and and uh, go broke and scream at people. You know, I mean, oh, it's the best. It's like it, it's really uh, a grumpy old man in the neighborhood on steroids. Yeah, you know? when did that happen, dude? I I don't know when I became the grumpy old man. Like, fuck, how did this happen? I know it. I, I'm I'm really realizing it now because, you know, uh, being now 53, and I think we're about the same age. Yeah. You know, yeah. In a handful of years, we're going to be knocking on the door of 60, doing stupid idiot podcasts. <laughs> God, I hope not, but uh, yeah, probably. Fuck, I hope I die before that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, we'll probably have three podcasts each. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is fantastic. Anything going on this weekend? Are you just hanging out? With, looking forward to watching the Bills play? Uh, Bills are Sunday night against the Bengals. They'll probably lose, unfortunately. We actually, there is a Bills bar now. It's dedicated for Bills. It's crazy. It locally. Yeah, it's in uh, Wayland. It's called Thirsty Buddy. Shout out to Thirsty Buddy in Wayland. So, so Bill's, uh, how the Bill's. fuck did you find that? Uh, the guy who's the manager of it is, uh, he's a little Bill's fan. He's like, hey, come down here. So we get like 20 to 40 people all gathering to watch a game. It's weird. It's pretty wow. Weird, that, that's, yeah. that's amazing. That is really yeah, amazing. It's a good time. It's a good uh, time. Yeah, so, that, right. So are you still jumping through tables? Uh, it's been it's been a minute, but I will. I got four tables in my garage. I need to destroy. So at some point, I yeah. will uh, destroy some tables. You got to yeah. do it if they're like in the playoffs. You know, yeah, I'd like I'd like to do it before then. So I I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. You know, babe. I'll let you know. 
All right, Stu, I love you. I love you too, man. Let me know when we want to make fun of weirdos. Yeah, I'm thinking next week. I'll let you know. Okay, man. Okay, see you. Stu McAllister. Love him. Oh, my God. One of my favorite people on the planet. More people should enjoy the LMNO podcast. Never enough people listening to Stu rant and rave like a psychopath. Before I bring in Kyle from a, uh, a company that used to market on the Eric Zane Show podcast. Thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, 231-332-6505. Uh, mortgage rates suck now. Uh, still better than paying a landlord. You paying off the landlord's mortgage. Get into a home today. Uh, 231-332-6505. If you've been in your home for quite some time, and you need cash for maybe some Christmas presents or home improvement or, I don't know, whatever, loan for a car, borrow it from yourself. 231-332-6505. I had no less than two people reach out to me yesterday and indicated, um, I think one was David and the other one was Rich, about the Joe Martinez furnace tune-up special. Uh Special meaning it's uh, free. That's right. Get your furnace tuned up for no cost. What started, well, for years, I've talked about $79, $79, which is great. And that's important to do. But DTE Energy, the gas company, realized the pedigree of his professional nature and said, we need you to help us tune more furnaces so we will uh, pay for the cost of it. Now they like your furnace tuned up because it uses less gas. It runs more efficiently. Okay. When the furnace is tuned up. So you get it for no cost. And it's not one of those annoying things where you have to send in your rebate and you forget it and it winds up in the junk drawer and it's five years expired. No. You call Joe today, 616-516-8579, 616-516-8579. You figure out the date. He shows up. He tunes it and leaves. You're done. You don't do another thing. He takes your information and he mails it in and then DTE sends him the cheddar. Holy shit. That's awesome. Call him today because I'm getting the impression a lot of people are calling him. I can't say for sure, but it might get to a point when it's fucking booked out. And you don't want to be reaching out like, you know, at the end of winter, like a dick. And I don't know how long this is going to last, this offer from DTE. But my God. That is the fucking best. Um, all right. It's time to reach out to Kyle from a company that used to market on the Eric Zane Show podcast. <laughs> Fellow Lions fan. December 1, you have till December 1, according to Joe Martinez, the book. Thank you, Joe. 
Yo, yo. Hello, sir. You're on the road. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm headed to the shop right now. All right. Don't forget to get your hair cut at King's Room Barbershop and mention EZ. <laughs> okay, for sure. All right. So what's on the uh, what's on the agenda for today? Uh, tons of shit, Alexander. I actually got some pretty fucking funny stuff uh, to chat about. But um, before we get to it, actually, no, this is just a great place to fucking start, I think, Alexander. Okay. You know what I was thinking, you know what I was thinking about uh, while I was watching the Lions game on uh, Monday? What? Fucking, okay, here's what happened, Exam, because uh, we talked about this maybe like a couple weeks ago. But last year, I'm just recapping for anybody out there who doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Last year, remember when I called Jared Goff a fucking retard? Yes. And then he was he played dominant football for like almost like a, like almost a year straight. Right until, after that, yeah. Yeah, until just a couple of weeks ago when you brought when you brought that memory back up and you were like and we were talking about how good he was doing and you were like, but remember you called him and we were laughing about it. And then you know what I noticed there, Zane? He's kind of been like a little bit retarded after that. So I'm thinking that you somehow broke the spell, dude. Because when I when I saw him throw that pick six on Monday, I said, "Fuck it!" I said, "Fucking Eric Zane, dude." That was um, a a a despicable um, choice he made. I I I couldn't believe it. I mean, everybody in the arena in the stadium knew that that ball was going to get picked. Uh, the second he threw another one of those wounded duck idiot throws of his. I know. So straight up, like this, when I was watching it, so I was watching it with uh, uh, Jameson and my father-in-law too, and like straight up, I was like, in that moment, I was, I just told him, I was like, you know what? That was pretty fucking retarded, dude. And then like that's when I had like this huge like come together thought in my head. I was like, I think Eric Zane might have did this. Yeah, dude. So it, I'm, it, I'm blaming you, my maybe, dude. Maybe because it's been bad ever. It not been bad, but it he's been showing signs of going. Of uh, of of what you said of just of becoming somewhat retarded, so I think <laughs> I think that he is on the verge of going full retard, uh, very very soon. You know, like uh, three for eighteen for eleven yards and and six interceptions, two return for a touchdown. Um, maybe maybe that spell is broken. I know, and I'm upset about it, Eric Zane. But here's the here's the other funny part, right? And this just happened to me, like fucking. And it's, it's, it it worked out great that we're talking about it. But this just happened to me like ten minutes ago. So I'm I'm cruising. You know, uh, uh, you know where like 28th Street turns into Wilson, like when you're headed to Sandale. Yes. So I was coming, uh, well, like from Sandale. So like you know, going south or whatever towards 28th Street. And like, there's that uh, that light there by Burton Street. And like, as I'm coming up on it, there's like me and like uh, like two cars in front of me. Uh-huh. This there's like a semi, right? And the semi like we're is going the opposite way we are. He's going towards Sandale. And what does this guy do? He gets in the left hand turn lane, like right when we're co- like we're like pretty close to him. And he just goes, you know what, dude? I'm gonna turn. Oh, no. Which is what I thought was happening. But what he actually did, he took he took it one step further, and he goes, you know what? I'm doing a full Yui. Oh, I'm just whipping, oh, a, oh. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm whipping a fucking shitty, and um, I'm just gonna hold. I mean, like first of all, we almost crashed, but then like we're all just like sitting there waiting for this guy to complete the Yui. So as you can imagine, I had a lot of anger inside me at that point, right? So and so, yeah. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so he, <laughs> you you uh you had to actually if you would have kept going, you would have hit him. Oh yeah, straight up. I mean, it would have been well the two cars in front of me. Yeah, it would have been like there would have been some pile up. Oh yeah, so and, had, and he's like, and you said a semi. Yeah, like a yeah, full semi with wow. a full fucking cargo thing on the back. Ah damn. Okay. But then, so then here's what happened. So then obviously like we're, it's one lane at that point. So we had like, we're just kind of like following the guy or whatever. But then I got up to, um, you know, 28th street where the, the lanes widen or whatever. And, uh, and here's where the stories connect by the way. But, um, so I get up and I noticed that his window was cracked a little bit. So I just opened my window and yelled, are you fucking retarded? Like as loud <laughs> as I could. So, Probably Eric Zane for the next year. This guy's gonna have a fucking great driving record, and oh. then like next year around this time, I'd like to revisit it and have you break the spell. Oh you my god! So I'll, yeah, fantastic. God damn. <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle is listening. Another Kyle. He works in that area. He says sometimes at lunch I'll just watch traffic on Wilson and Twenty Eighth. All the horn honking and everything is really entertaining. Oh yeah, first I mean. Yeah, that's just a bad, I mean, it's been a bad, like, area, actually, since I was a kid, because I'm like, all right, so you're telling me we're going to have fucking two lanes, like, when you're going towards Standale, like, we're just going to have right, two lanes, right. and then we're going to go up over this hill where nobody can see the, hey, the lanes are turning into one lane sign until it's too late, and it's always the fucking semis that are too late. Too, yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to talk to you about this, because Halloween just came and went, and oh yeah, I can't tell you. How many times kids come to the door with their mom and dad? Now, I mean, I think, I mean, when I grew up, that wasn't a thing. Your, your moms and dads don't go with you. You leave and you're gone for like 11 hours. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you get back at like two in the morning and you're like, you're, you're like four years old and mom and dad don't give a shit. It seems like now every parent has to go with the kids. I know. You know what? That, these kids are basically Jared Goff in it. Let's face <laughs> it. Because you're right. Like, going by yourself and, like, having, like, that fucking, that friend time together. Dude, right. Like, that's, that's, cr I actually just told, um, I was talking to, um, uh, yeah, I guess my niece, I guess you would, you would call it. Yeah, my niece. And, uh, she had, like, this little fucking like a little pumpkin like type candy receptacle. You know what I mean? Yeah, a and I'm like, I know like, what the fuck? Like, what the, f like, I didn't say this to her cause she was like eight or something, but I'm like, I'm like, Hey, next year you go. I'm like, you should fucking, uh, tell your mom like, Hey, uh, let's, can we, I would like to do what you and my dad used to do. And, uh, or my uncle, which is me. Um, and just take fucking a bunch of pillowcases. You know pillow what I mean? Case. Like we filled pillowcases yeah. and shit. Yes, and yes. this kid had like a tiny little pumpkin bucket thing. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And there's always one dick in the neighborhood who'll give you like a fucking homemade popcorn ball, you know, that's probably <laughs> dipped in fucking cyanide. And, uh, you know, you, you don't, you, you don't even, I mean, you just throw that away and then some dick will give you fruit and then another asshole will give you a Bible tract and then another asshole will give you a toothbrush. It's like, fuck you. You know? I know. This one dude, we put, we went up to this one house. So, uh, uh, JMO dressed up as a dumpster diver, um, which, okay. That sounds weird. Wait, so it's like a little, yeah, Wait a minute. it's like a little fucking like fabric truck. It, it, like you put like these little straps around your shoulders and you're essentially like, it looks like you're driving in a little trash truck. Oh, okay. And then so, we just put, 
we just put like dumpster divers signs next to sure. it. Anyway, yeah, you can. So we're cruising, we're cruising around, and like we walk up to this one house, and this like guy like looks at him, and he goes, "Here, here's some Play-Doh." And I'm like, "Are you fuck?" This guy was Jared Goffin too. I'm yeah. like, "What are you handing out Play-Doh for, dude? Yeah. I don't get it." Like, yeah. what's going on? Play-Doh goes in your stocking for Christmas, dick. Get get with I the know, candy, dude. asshole. But yeah, I'm just out here like I don't know what's going. Yeah, you're right, man. Because uh, when we walk around, um, we go over to um, a Blues Brothers neighborhood's house, and I mean it's like it's a whole fucking shebang over there, which is right. like kind of cool a little bit. But yeah, all the parents are out, and it's like they're just like walking around, right? Like, they're right. Trying to, like crack, they're trying to like crack jokes to us. And I'm like, listen, like I don't know who you are in real life, and I definitely don't want to know who you are right now. So get the fuck out of my face. You how know do you? I mean? How do you feel about kids showing up in your neighborhood who are not from your neighborhood? Oh well, so so. I, I wouldn't care, actually, because my, my neighborhood, well, you've seen my neighborhood. It's like my neighborhood is essentially like an extension of the neighborhood that's across 52nd. Right, right. So, like, I just, I'm in, like, the little tiny, like, recluse part of it. Right. But, like, there's, like, a much larger neighborhood on the other side of the street. So, if, like, those kids came over, I'd be like, heck, yeah, because in well, my little neighborhood, there's like, there's, like, some kids, but not, like, a million kids or nothing. Okay, so my wife has three candy buckets, two filled with great full-size candy bars. I mean, like, big-time shit. When she opens the door, the kids go, wow, like they can't believe it. And then she has another shithead bucket for uh, <laughs> kid, you know, for, uh, for kids that, aren't, that, that she doesn't recognize. So she's totally discriminatory. So, so, so your wife's using, like, she has, like, uh, I'm talking, like, Terminator eyes where she can, like, scan info and figure out where these kids are from? I guess so. I have no idea. <laughs> But I kind of put that on its ear because where I live, it's only whites, okay? This area <laughs> is so goddamn white, it's incredible. But I had an entire pack of blacks on my porch. So oh, uh -oh. I... I uh, Don't you Did your wife whip out the shitty candies? Well, thank God I, um, I, I got the... Because uh, you can see them all. They're all visible if you look in the house on this table. And you see big uh -huh. fucking candy bars, and then in the one bowl, it it, it might as well just say "black kid candy" on it. Oh so, my God. I I uh, she didn't get she wasn't uh, uh, around the door, so I answered it, and then I I said, "Well, fuck this shit. I'm giving the blacks the best." So I got the big fucking <laughs> yeah. shit, and I gave them, and then I realized, I mean, these kids were really black. I mean, like uh uh. Uh, Charlie Murphy, Kenyan runner black. They weren't, it wasn't okay. like a little black. They were super black. And um, so they're all there. And I'm like, these people are going to get a bunch of shit in this neighborhood because it's full of, it's, it's, gonna, you, it's bound to have a bunch of racists where I live. So I go out there <laughs> with the big fucking bucket of candy and I go, take two, take two. So they, they're like, oh, oh yeah. my God. So I didn't want to be labeled as a racist. So I made sure that they were, um, uh, you know, getting tons of candy from me so that they would know, recognize the guy who looks like he's in ISIS, um, was, <laughs> was actually quite, quite, uh, generous to them. You know, that that's pretty fucking hilarious, dude. Um, yeah, we just, uh, in our neighborhood, we just like, cause we're not there. So we just like set out a bowl of candy Yeah, and like, I feel like, I feel bad because, um, 
It's like I, I was talking about this as we were walking around. Like I don't like the I don't like the Halloween culture today. Like in a lot of ways, because like you you go up and you got like these old people sitting out there. Like they're like take one. And yeah, it's oh like, yeah, dude. At one, no. like come on, like let these like these kids need like a handful. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, you can't just be like. And then yeah, then the parents are walking up and they're like, make sure to take one. And I'm like, guys, like what the like. Well, this is like the one one day for kids. Well, it's not really the one day for kids. Like the one holiday for kids, where they're like, you know what, dude, I'm gonna. This is my holiday, dude. But they don't, it's not theirs no more. Well, not a lot of people know this, but I mean, it starts with what do the kids say when they get to the house? They say trick or treat. Okay, so what? Right. So you know, you're only concerned with the treat because if you don't give them the treat, they're gonna give you a trick. Now, when Halloween first started, that would mean you die. So. You know, nice. I don't, you know, crazy shit goes down if you don't give them a good treat. That's why I gave those black kids the best treat because I didn't want to get murdered and raped. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think they rape you, huh? <laughs> uh, Dan says, LOL. So you go reverse racist to try and show you're not racist. What if those kids go to the neighborhood knowing that there is so much white guilt they will make out like a bandit? Good for them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know- Here's here's another thing I gotta fucking tell you about, uh, and this is this actually pissed me off. But like then I was actually frozen in my tracks. I didn't know what to do. So fucking here I am. Right, I got like I'm holding hands with JMO. We're like walking up to the fucking uh, door and stuff. And then like, and I so I was trying to be like gracious because I, I remember I'm always like one of those people that's like you should remember when you were a kid. So right. when kids do stuff, you don't you don't fucking like not get it, you know? Right. So I, I remember you know Halloween for kids. So I was I was gracious, but like me and JMO are like walking up to the door and we're like right about to like get up there and like these fucking like. I'd say maybe like nine to 11 year old kids, maybe like just ran up through the yard and just like cut right in front of them and to like get candy. Yeah. And then like, so like I was like instant anger. Right. But like, not like, not like, not like a rage, but like anger where I'm like, I'm going to say something to these cocksuckers. Okay. You know? But then I'm like, Oh fuck dude. Like, I mean, based on how like the world is and like how Halloween even is now, like if I say something to these kids, like their parents are probably like on the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're between 11 and I'm like, then I'm going to start, then I'm going to like get in a fight or something or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I didn't know what to fucking do, dude. I'm like, but anyways, then I, I told my father, he's like, Oh, I always like, I would have probably hit the kids. And I'm like, Oh shit, yeah. Dude. Old school, <laughs> old school. That's, you know, and and we're at a crossroads. Most people nowadays will just, let it go, but we still have a blend of people like the father-in-law who he wanted to start kicking some ass. I know, and, yeah. And, and, that, and when those things happen, we must appreciate them too because they're wonderful moments. When adults beat children, that's always a, a win in my, in my book. Oh, straight up, I'm right there with you. Like, one of my favorite fucking things is, like, when you see a kid do something stupid and either they, number one, hurt themselves really bad, which cracks me the fuck up, or they get fucking just reamed out by the parent for doing that stupid thing. That's just always fun to watch as, like, a you know, an innocent third party, you know? Tyler in the chat writes, Kyle Tiller calling the, his kid J-Mo makes me think of Jameson Williams, and I'm picturing his kid constantly dropping candy all night. <laughs> oh man you know what's funny i just um uh i'm in like these all these detroit lions groups and shit on facebook and like of course you know everybody's slamming jameson williams all the time and you know they're like which is whatever you know you can have your opinion or whatever but like 
my the worst thing about these groups, which is also like the reason I can't leave because it's so entertaining, is like you'll just see like these like these guys like just these regular guys just mentally Jared Goffin it and like they'll just like write out like these huge paragraphs about like what they would do if they were the GM and like how Brad Holmes blew the Jameson Williams pick and stuff. And I'm like sitting here like so I argued with this guy. And I was like, you know who my my favorite receiver, like my favorite Lions receiver of all time is Herman Moore. And I go, you know, fucking Herman Moore was he was drafted tenth in the first round. Right and in his rookie year, he had eleven catches, no touchdowns. You know what I mean? Wow, Just like, I didn't know that. Pretty, yeah, like pretty pedestrian shit. And like in year two, like he, you know, he was a little better. He scored a couple of touchdowns. I think maybe he had like fifty catches or something. So he caught on pretty good in year two. But I'm like, I'm like, Jameson Williams played less games. Are like right now than Herman Moore did his rookie year. He's got two more touchdowns. You know what I mean? So I'm like, we don't, we don't fucking know, you guys. And so I was just, I was basically just like ripping these guys a new one. I'm actually, and, I, I'm actually with those guys. That guy sucks hard. <laughs> that, he I know, sucks. Like, honestly, when he dropped that one, I was like, damn, dude. Yeah. But I will say, as, as a guy who's played a lot of football in his life and a lot of pickup football, like. It, that is like a hard catch to make when you when you're not expecting your quarterback to throw it right there. But he's also making millions of dollars, so I don't have I don't I don't like feel bad. Like I'm, oh, like, he's a huge pile yeah, of shit. He he fucked that up. But then I will say, like a little bit later in the game, he did have that sick ass fucking catch right over the middle. So I don't know. He, I just hope he figures it out. No, uh, he's horrible. Just cut him now. I even dropped him off <laughs> my fantasy team. He was a pile of shit. Fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> He'll tear. He's absolutely terrible. Um, all right. I tell you what, it's always a pleasure. Um, uh, be, be good today. Be safe. Hope everything, uh, you have a good weekend and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, excited to talk to you, Kyle from a company that used to market on the show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, love you guys and Deucey. Yeah, buddy. See ya. There you go. Kyle from dumpster divers. Uh, I'm sorry. A company that used to market on the show. Uh, always fun. Always fun. Chris in Maine says, I'm going to die if you don't stop breaking down Halloween. That was a great Halloween breakdown. All of that shit is true, by the way. That six people came up on the porch. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. I don't want to fuck this up. Uh, because, and, and that was my thinking. Give them more than they are bargaining for, these people. And then... um because someone is going to insult them or be mean to them because they are black. So this might cancel out some of the hatred that they are going to experience. You run a real risk if you are in a 1 million percent white neighborhood, except for my neighbor, they adopted a young black child. And you, oh my God, you, you have potential for that weird moment where when people open the door, when white guy opens the door and he sees a bunch of black people in Hudsonville, Michigan, this is what they do. They, they almost like, uh, uh, pull back a little Their Their eyes go from side to side They're They, they look worried and scared, but not easy. No, I see blacks and my heart lights up. You know, I wish more blacks moved into the neighborhood. Then I will be happy. Uh, not only because we need more black people in the neighborhood, but just because then you'll have white people doing stupid shit, which I can talk about on this show.
Uh, Kenny says those people will be the first ones knocking next Halloween. They will remember your house for sure. And I will remember them. Fantastic. All right. Where are we? My God. Thank you to Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Megan and the crew working tirelessly to make sure that people with uh, cars in and around Grand Rapids, Michigan are running sound. If you ever have car trouble or have some scheduled maintenance that's due, uh, call Irvine's. Could be as simple as an oil change. 616-532-6600. One of the things I love about Irvine's the most, that, I mean, even if you are just getting an oil change, they do a uh, total inspection of the vehicle, checking every fluid, every tire, uh, you know, just to determine that everything is as the car should be. Complete with, like, photographs. I'm not kidding you. You'll get an email that will say, uh, this fluid needs needs to be changed soon. It's this color, and it shows you a picture of the color of your fluid. Could be transmission uh, coolant, power steering fluid, whatever, uh, brake fluid, I guess. And this is what it should look like. And it's like really hard, really hard to not say, oh my God, well, go ahead and change that right now. You know, I mean, on that first visit, you got to be very careful. You could spend a ton of money because everything in your car needs to be changed, but maybe you can spread it out over time. My point is, uh, they will find anything that could potentially keep you off of the road at Irvine's. 616-532-6600 for Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Yesterday, when we were doing the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, uh, Patrick in South Carolina had a phone to his to his ear for a portion of it, and I, I had to turn to him for, like, the final word or something. And... um. He goes, hey, uh, yeah, easy. I'm on the phone with Frank Fuss. I'm like, oh, my God, that's incredible. And that's that's typical of Frank because what Patrick did was uh, when you schedule an appointment with Frank, it doesn't matter what time you schedule it. Uh, being that he is the licensed independent insurance agent slash broker, he's used to working at odd hours depending on the customer's needs. So uh, whatever, however that happened, I think that's how it unfolded. I know that's how it's unfolded for me. Uh, Frank is absolutely fantastic and, um, healthcare.gov open enrollment just began. Um, if you do need to get your insurance through the marketplace, don't do that alone. You have a trusted expert on everything healthcare.gov related. And so you will get a better policy. You will pay less for it and you will pay Frank no money. Frank is free, but when you get your insurance policy through him, that's how he's compensated because he's putting another person as a policyholder into a policy. You see? Y yeah, you can do it, but I mean, there's a lot of time involved and a high risk because you can do it wrong. I did that the first year I utilized healthcare.gov. This is not a problem anymore because of Frank. Uh, what you do is go to the website buyinsurancehere.com. B-U-Y insurance, H-E-R-E. Dot com. Fill out the form and off you go. There's a spot on the form that says, hey, how'd you hear about me? And you will just put Eric Zane. It's a drop-down menu. I appreciate you so much. 
Uh, if you want to check in with Frank for anything, any type of insurance, it couldn't, it, not just healthcare, but life insurance, uh, auto, you name it. He has everything. Um, doesn't matter where you are in the listening audience. He can help you reach out to Frank Fuss. All right. Hmm. What's going on here? Uh, Amy says Hudsonville. Welcome as long as you are white and Christian. Except for Easy, he loves all. Amy, uh, Amy then says, Yay, Megan. Get a cheer from Megan. Even if your car is a piece of shit. Then there appears to be some. Uh, car trash talk going on. Donut Dan checks in. You get an email that says your car is a piece of shit and you need to buy a new one. LOL. I think Linda is kind of stuck up because she drives uh, a Beamer. Right? Yeah. Linda thinks she's hot shit because she drives a BMW. It's like a 1979, but it's true. She does drive a BMW. Come on. Chris or uh, Mitch says, LOL, BMW people are trash. Linda says, no, I don't. Maureen says she drives a Mercedes. Well, that's even worse. Tyler asks if Linda has a hot tub, though. That reminds me. Patrick was up to his same old tricks on the Eric Zane Show podcast subreddit. Um, He might be single-handedly the worst and best Photoshopper ever. He does these little promotional pieces of... um, uh, Photoshop art for every edition of Big Fraud Wednesday or Big Fraud Thursday. <laughs> he has the cast of the Free Bear and Hot Wing show usually in some form on there. Just like, it, it looks like it took him about three minutes to do something like this. He has me throwing tomatoes at them from my hot tub. Oh my God. By the way, that reminds me. There was some chatter on the um, Free Beer and Hot Wings subreddit that they lost another station in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. They put on um, Walton and Johnson. Some of you may, may even know who Walton and Johnson is. Um, that it, it, it's kind of weird um, that they would do that. That Birmingham would do that. Uh, I'll give you a little insight that Greg and Chris probably wouldn't be able to. This was another free show. We gave that show to Birmingham for zero cost. So they don't pay anything for the morning show. And I know for a fact 
that the show did very well. They had a big audience. We had, they had a big audience in Birmingham, Alabama. The station is shit. It's called the Vulcan. And I can't figure out why they would get rid of them because you literally, well, first of all, when we, when I was with them and again, they've been on there for 13 years. And some of you listen to both shows, as you know, I fucking hate that show and do everything I can to make fun of it. But some of you listen to me and them. I don't get why Birmingham would drop the show. Um, it's literally on autopilot. The show does, or the station doesn't have any employees. It's all just voices, voice track recorded and the show. There's next to no expense to keep that station on the air. This is an iHeart station. And the number one goal of iHeart stations is to have as little uh, overhead as possible. Having that show on does that because it doesn't cost any money to put the Freebird and Hotwing show on. It's a trade. Stations put small stations like this in small markets put the show on in exchange for commercial ad time. And then Peter sells the ads. That's how the show makes money. Not a lot, but they do make some money based on the market. So I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why Birmingham would drop that show. And again, when you're on for 13 years, that's a legacy station. When you get to that level um, and you have some degree of popularity, and they did, I, for the life of me, can't figure out why iHeart would put them on. And what they put on is political talk. Walton and Johnson is a right-wing show. Like, if you were to go to their website, they're selling Trump shirts. And they're not funny. I mean, Greg and Chris aren't funny either, but at least you have 13 years of heritage to power you. And they're... People are so fucking pissed off about this. I was shocked that they got rid of them. I thought they would be there forever. So I'm not understanding the move or the motivation. And I'm hearing conflicting stories. Uh, I heard one story that they told Greg and Chris that the whole station is being reworked and uh, we're putting in a new show. And then that's not true because they left the station as it is and just changed the morning show. So I don't understand, you know, I, I'm not, I wish I was a fly on the wall. I, I imagine I know about as much as Greg and Chris on this because that's such a fucked up way to do business. The way when you're on a syndicated show on that's in another town, like that's not your home market, boy, you are treated like shit. You can roll out the red carpet for that station and work very hard to keep them happy. And then for whatever reason, when they decide that they, they want to move on, they don't even give you the time of day. They just take you off. And sometimes they don't even tell you. I can't tell you how many times. God damn it. I was so pissed off when WQLZ in Illinois did that. That same fucking thing. This piece of shit named Wes something or other. I forgot that fucking nerd's name. Uh, motherfucker. He used to run the radio station in Albany when we were on. 
And then he got another job in Springfield on another station that we were on. And um, as soon as he gets there, he fires us and he takes over mornings. And he takes over with some chick who was also on there. Well, that was in a wilder time for EZ. I went on social media and instructed the audience to threaten them with violence or some shit. And they did. Everybody did. Killing them. Well, the fucking owner of that station, his name was Mark Birch. He reaches out to Peter and says, I'm going to sue these guys if you don't call off your fucking dog. And then Greg called. This is when I started to realize I was getting fired uh, uh, months from, from. This was near the end of my time. Greg said, you're going to get fired. If you don't shut the fuck up, you are going to get fired. And I went, yeah, you're kind of right. So I, I backed off. I could have gotten fired for that. I was like harassing these people. This was the chick who I said some horrible things about her. And then years later, I'm podcasting for a living. All right. And uh, I go to a, a radio conference called Conclave in Minnesota. And I recognize a few people from the radio station that I used to be on in Green Bay when I was with Freebird and Hot Wings. Now, everybody there hates me, but I don't know it yet. I go, hey, how you doing? They're like, hey, what's up? Fuck you. And I sit down at their table to have like dinner. One person there was extremely quiet. I didn't recognize her, but it was that chick who was on with Wes on QLZ. She's since left the Illinois station and went to the Green Bay station. And I'm sitting right next to her and I don't recognize her. I'm like, so what's your name? How you doing? I'm Eric. And I have, I like totally dogged this chick on social media. I've told this story on this show. So, um, as the day winds on, I'm like, wait a minute. Like the wires touch in my brain. And I go, oh no. Oh no. So I, I go up to the dude from Green Bay and I go, hey, is that? And he goes, yeah. I go, oh no. I go, you, I go do you know what I'm going to, what's on my mind right now? He goes, I, I know exactly what's on your mind right now. I go, Jesus Christ. So I felt terrible. So I actually went up to her. I go, excuse me, are you, I don't remember her name, so-and-so. She goes, yes. I go, oh, my God. I go, I don't know. I mean, I had this real, like, humble moment, and uh, I was, I, I meant it. I still mean it. I, I wish her nothing but the best. I was like, I am so sorry. That was really a dark, dark time for me. I, I, I have no excuse. Yeah. This is, I went on an apology tour, like right in the dining area where we were eating the dinner. There's people, there's Fred Jacobs having a conversation about one of his fucking stupid surveys or some shit. And I'm like going, I, yeah. And she was gracious enough to accept my apology. And we ended on good terms. And I came back here and told that story. It was actually quite a good moment. She then did a podcast about that. She like talked about it and uh, I listened to it and I, I felt like an asshole again because I like really hurt her feelings. But uh, yeah, I, I should not have done that. That was ugly. My God, going down these, uh, pulling back the curtain and talking about these radio stories. I, I, I know I enjoy them. I hope you do. 
But uh, I'm actually team free bear and hot wings on this Birmingham thing. I can't stand those fuckers, but I don't stay. I can't believe for one second why uh, that it would be a good decision for Birmingham to put that piece of shit Walton and Johnson show on. Uh, not that I give a shit. Uh, no, I mean, it always makes me happy when Greg and Chris lose fucking affiliates. But um, I'll tell you that um, that was a blunder by Birmingham. Wouldn't surprise me now if Greg and Chris keep the Alabama station, the Vulcan, on their website for about the next 11 years. Which, by the way, I was going over that list again. Uh, there's more than one station on that list that doesn't even carry the show on their um, on their affiliates list. They're, they're finally starting to take... They, they finally took the uh, Tejano Music one off. Some station in Texas, Texarkana, uh, switched to Tejano Music. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're on this station. No, you're not. And then the Chattanooga station. And then there's one right now that they're not on that they claim that they are on. This is now officially the end of the I Agree with the Free Beer and Hot Wings show. And we are now moving on to the fuck the free beer and hot wing show uh, portion of the radio of the uh, of the podcast. If you were to go to their website and scroll down to where it says stations, you click on that and here's the stations list. Now watch this. Fayetteville, Arkansas, 98.3, the keg. Okay. Shows. On-air shows. Uh, You can listen to number one son, Ethan, Anna, Pike, Eddie, and that's it. There's no mention of the Free Beer and Hot Wings show on here. If they are on this radio station, every member of the radio station hates them and doesn't promote them, and they're being told by management to keep them on. Maybe if in the search field I type free beer, I can get something related. Look, search results for free beer on their entire website. No content that matched your search. Is this a town square station? I do not think it. Uh, no, it's a cumulus station. Um, if they are on here, no one likes them. But that is, is that not strange? Anyway, um, I think they're down near 40 stations. Which makes which warms my fucking heart. Stevie says, I enjoy the old radio stories. Chris from Buffalo says that that chick I was talking about got dickhead Zane when she needed Eric Zytunian. There was a little Kenny on my shoulder saying, <laughs> She doesn't need dickhead Zane. She needs Zytunian. That's what you gave her. You got to make her feel loved. Quit being a smart ass motherfucker and hold her. <laughs> oh. Aram says the worst part of the Reddit is when listeners who have no idea what they're talking about, start speculating on who the show 
is moving into a host position and who they are hiring next. They're hiring more people? Kyle says, which is worse, Town Square or Cumulus? Well, the difficulty in that is you have a constantly evolving um, level of management. People come and go so quickly. So it's hard to even speculate. I mean, I've been out of the game for so long. I can't, I can't say business practices change with personnel. And I, I just don't follow the industry enough to be able to even form any opinion about that. I think the industry in general is in a horrible spot, which leads to very, very difficult decisions uh, on a national and a local level, which, uh, you know, all of a sudden you've got a few more reviews on Glassdoor uh, about the problems with the industry. Check, check. That's not right. Check, check. check. That's not right. Check, check. Okay, now we're getting there. Linda says, do devil voice Kenny. Hey! <laughs> she needs Aaron John Tony and motherfucker. <laughs> oh! And you're coming to Aaron Zane! What the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> is that what you wanted? Are you happy? Florida man says the greatest story ever is the wife catching the boss fucking the secretary. I think now's a good time to bring that one back. We've got 15 minutes. All of my sponsors have been accounted for. Let's do it. 22-year-old EZ shows up at the mobile home of rock and roll wearing acid wash, uh, wash jeans, gray rattlesnake skin cowboy boots. One of those belts that the extra part after you buckle it, you kind of knot it and it dangles down like a dick. A multicolored button-down shirt similar to what Garth Brooks would wear. Don't know why. He's getting ready for 7 p.m. to midnight to roll tons of Metallica, Ugly Kid Joe, Cinderella, and Poison and mix in some new band called Nirvana. Uh, this is at a time when what would have been the uh, living room of the mobile home or a bedroom of the mobile home is the main studio. Rick Church is sitting there. We've just gotten ratings. Everybody's happy. The ratings were spectacular. They're drinking champagne and eating pizza. A sales lady, uh, her, name was, her name is Shar. I think she's still around somewhere is with my boss. My name is Mike. Mentor in the business. The first person to hire me. I still talk to him to this day. In fact, I tell him when I tell the story. Because this motherfucker fixed it. Oh, how the fuck he saved this shit. 
Rick Church hasn't been at the radio station long. He's uh, fresh out of the uh, state of Minnesota. Became a great friend of mine. He says, ZZ, I think that Mike guy is getting a little frisky with Char. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. They're giving each other googly eyes, and they're getting pretty hammered celebrating the ratings. I think sparks are flying easy. I say, yeah, whatever. Rick leaves. Um, these two hang out. This is after 7 p.m. It's a summer night. Summer loving. Uh, Kevin Lark is the engineer. Kevin's still around to this day. Terrific mind. Wonderful soul. Love Kevin. Haven't talked to him in two decades. He's great. He was part of this. He's in the back bedroom of the mobile home. It's double wide. Uh, down this long hall. Very, very long hall. Like where I'm seated in this one bedroom that's the studio. I can just lean back and I see all the way down the hall, which passes several other bedrooms. a big double wide. And his back room is where he does engineer shit. So um, I come out and into the living room, which is the reception area. And I look out and they are walking Mike and, and Char over to another trailer, single wide, which is the sales office. And I'm like, now then I'm like, okay, I think Rick was right. Something's going down. So I go wandering down the hall. Kevin's got his nose uh, or his glasses on the end of his nose and he's soldering shit. And he looks up his glasses. He's looking at, and I go, Hey dude, think something's going down with Mike, Mike and Char. He goes, Oh no, Mike's married. I go, yeah, I know. He goes, Oh, I, I wouldn't, Eric. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even worry about it. I go, I don't know, Kevin. It seemed it's, I mean, come on now. Two and two make four. Don't worry. I go back in the studio, roll some fucking Gypsy Rose. Gypsy Rose? Gypsy Road. Gypsy Road by Cinderella. Great fucking song. God damn. Maybe some Warrant Cherry Pie. I walk out and I look out the front window where the reception desk is. And I actually see the moment where he... Puts Mike puts one arm on one end of the desk and pu pushes all the shit off it. The desk set goes flying. Uh, a big calendar that you use, you write your fucking dates on. The Rolodex goes, the fucking stupid light that hangs over. It's gone. And he puts her down. And right away, I see legs in the air and he's going for it. And I'm like, motherfucking holy shit so i got half a boner now i got two options here yank my pud right there or go tell kevin i decided not to yank my pud i think that was later because that was hot shit you know i mean come on they are going to fuck and boy did they i see Feet in the air, knees, her skirt is up. I mean, fully clothed, a dick out of zipper sex. I go, fucking shit. So I go like as fast as I can run with a, with a half rod down the hall. I go, dude, they're fucking. And a Florida man says, was she hot? She was very attractive. 
this this was these were two actually he's very handsome and she's very hot and i'm guessing they're both like 30 she has a boyfriend lives in mount pleasant ferris lives oops mike lives in uh saginaw saginaw township uh so this is happening i go kevin fucking look Look, he puts down a soldering iron. He whips is a soldering iron. Whips around. He goes, "Oh my god!" I go, "Yeah, they're fucking." And I go, "What do I do?" He goes, well, "I don't know what to do. You, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit here and solder this shit and watch these two fuck." All right. I, I go back in there. It's time to put on the immigrant song or. I don't know, uh, Led Zeppelin, a whole a, a whole album side. All right, uh, we're going to bust out a, a change in programming. Uh, we're going to play the entire uh, double, uh, double record, uh, double release Led Zeppelin physical graffiti. Uh, no commercial interruption. Cashmere. And then, um, so then the phone rings. It's the hotline. This is a big strobe that goes off. Apparently, Mike's wife has the hotline number. Hello. Hello, this is Mrs. Mike. Who is this? Oh, hi. <laughs> this is Eric Zane. I'm the... I'm the night slammer here at Z93. She goes, oh, hello, Eric. Um, is, is Mike blank there? I go, uh, now very young, 21, 22. I don't know what the fuck to do. So I lied. I said, I don't, you know, I don't know. I've, I've been in the studio here. Uh, yeah, I'm just working on some stuff right now. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of something. I don't, I don't know, Mrs. Mike. She goes, oh, okay. Could you check? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be a minute. So I put it on hold and I sit there. What the fuck am I going to do here? I am now involved. I can't just go, hey, Mike, your wife's on the phone. I probably should have. I probably just said, hey, Mike. But I didn't have, I was very frightened. So I lied again. I picked the phone up. I go, you know, he is not here. I guess he left. And then she says, did you happen to see him anywhere around there with a char blank? Okay. So maybe at home, there's been a couple of instances where, you know, something, something's happened that I'm not aware of. Oh. <laughs> Chris says, yeah, uh, I'm uh, recording Cecil Trek. Hey, poor boy. <laughs> there's some, there's some getting the boss is fucking somebody in the other room. <laughs> Tyler says, what are the chances she called right then? Does she have Dick Dar on her husband's crank? So I've lied to her twice now in two minutes. Okay. Well, thank you. I hang up. I go down the hall. I go, Kevin, Mrs. Mike just called and I just talked to her and I lied to her. I'm worried. Well, yeah, I could understand that. I go, he goes, what are you worried about? I go, well, I'm worried 
she's going to come here. He goes, no. She's got her son and a baby. I don't know, man. She sounded really suspicious. And I didn't say, I mean, I lied to her. I, she's smart as fuck. I mean, she already thinks he's banging her. So she knows I'm lying. I can promise you she's loading up the car and she's coming here. Fucking shut up. I went back in the studio. And um, I put on uh, Enter Sandman. And the song is fading. Off the never, never land. It's, it's fading. You know how? Because that's a slow fade. And uh, all I want to do is key on the mic and go. That's right. It's Enter Sandman. It's show. See some of the Y. Hey, poor boy. <laughs> And uh, I'm, I haven't even turned the mic on, but I'm getting ready because the song's coming to an end. It's got about 90 seconds. And as the song's starting to fade, I'm getting ready to turn on the mic. Out of that back engineering room and moving as fast as he can. And I'll never forget because he was actually skipping. It was Kevin, the engineer. He was actually skipping while saying with each time his foot hits the ground, She's here. She's here. She's here. She's here. And I'm like, who oh, no. oh, fuck. Here we go. I go, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm hiding. He hides. I turn on the mic and I hear the sound you'd hear when one car smashes into another. Mrs. Mike has smashed into Mike's car with her car. And then she can see it all happening as she was pulling up. She can see him taking her to pound town. She grabs whatever she can to do this. And I hear uh, not only the impact, I hear screaming while I'm talking and glass breaking. Mrs. Mike is busting all the windows of the single wide of the sales office. I don't know if she grabbed a tire iron or her baby, or she's using fucking uh, powers like dark Phoenix or something, but those windows are busted. And all I'm trying to do is go, oh, so rad. Yeah. Oh my God. Such a smash for Metallica. Bang. Boom. That's right. She's uh, boy, We got to go. Oh my God. Yes. Right. All right. We'll be back right after these words. Boom. Oh, fucking shit. From the time that started to uh, I finished, the parties moved into my mobile home, my double wide. And they're in the reception area. And I open the door and I, I go, hey. And I'm acting like I'm just finding out. I go, what's going on out here? And Mike his shirt's ripped, and there's blood all over the fucking place. Someone's bleeding. Now, I don't It might have been, like, from Char's asshole because he was pounding her so much, but he's coated it. There's blood. He's, his head's bleeding. There's blood. Like, he's been struck, and there's, like, a hand that had blood on it. Has been, he's been hit in the chest, and uh, he's hammered. He goes, yay! 
He didn't see nothing. If you say anything, you're God. So he threatens me with my job, and I go, okay. All right. And I go back in the studio, and I shut the fucking door. <coughs> A long time passes. Kevin has climbed out of the window that he was hiding in and went, he backdoored it all the way around the property. Fucking army crawled to his car, unlocks the door from the ground, opens it, slides in, starts the motor. He leaves. I'm alone with these psychopaths. Like you motherfucker. Totally bugs out. God damn it. I hear cars. I hear more glass breaking. I hear screaming, yelling, cry, children crying. It turns out mom actually held the boy, his name is Neil, up to the glass to say, this is what your dad is like to show him as the legend, as the story has been told. I didn't see that with my eyes. That's just what I was told. So Kevin dips. I'm alone with this crime scene. Open up the fucking door. Look out. Everybody's gone. Thank Christ. I'm waiting for audience members who, because they would constantly, especially on Friday nights, would bring you beer. They love the radio station. They just drive up, throw a six pack of beer or 12 pack of beer into the snow or onto the front lawn. And you go and you, it's like a bar. It's ridiculous. I'm like, God damn it. I hope that happens tonight. Uh, I find a pack of smokes. Someone smoked. I grab a pack of smoke. And I start, I'm just fucking fried. Phone rings. It's the hotline. Oh, shit. Uh, hello. Yeah, this is Mrs. Mike. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for lying to me. And I'm like, um, well, hold on. And I don't know how I did it, but in the course of the next three or four hours, I was a ear to her. Because he, Mike left. She's at her house with her kids now. And after that initial, what she said, I managed to somehow, this is the first time I ever realized I had the ability to talk my way out of shit because I basically just let her talk. And then she kind of punched herself out. And then I started to just speak to her and slowly, but sure, surely she thawed and stopped being angry at me. And I was actually helping her for extended time. I was the ear. This gets better because after the first several minutes of conversation, I said, uh, Mrs. Mike, um, can you hang on? I've got to run to the bathroom. Put her on hold. And I walk out. I'm like, God damn it, I need a smoke. Start smoking. And then all of a sudden I hear, Sounds like Kenny. Sorry. 
get like a fucking steak knife. I'm wondering where the sound is coming from. It's Char. She's in a fetal position in a corner of the production room. Jizz trail leading to her. I go, Char? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hang on a second. I go back. I say to uh, Mrs. Mike, I go, hey, um, it's going to be a minute. I'll, I'll be right there. Okay. I go back in and Char starts talking to me. So now I am the liaison between two of the three members of a love triangle. Can you believe this shit? And don't think for a second that I didn't um, <clears throat> think to myself um, that this is a, a incredibly poignant moment that will forever, for the rest of my days, be a fantastic story. You could make a goddamn Tarantino movie out of this. Um, and I just... I didn't do much more than listen. And then after a few hours of talking to Char and Mrs. Mike, Char leaves. And she drives home. But Mrs. Mike has already, for a period of time, got off the phone with me and reached, found out the number where, uh, it's landline only, where Char lives with her boyfriend. And Mrs. Mike has called the boyfriend, and he's in on it. So Shar gets all the way home. Hey, honey, how's it going? And all of her clothes are on the front yard of the house. He's already packed her fucking bags. Goes all the way to Mount Pleasant. She sees her shit. He puts it all in the car. And he says to her, I'll drive you one place. Where are you going to go? Guess where she went? Right back to Eric. So it's like 1130 at night. I've been talking to Mrs. Mike for hours consoling her and then i see a lights coming down the drive i don't know this has happened coming down the long drive leading up to this dirt parking lot and i'm out there having a cigarette and uh he gets out and he opens the door and he gives me a nod he knows i'm clean i had nothing to do with this he goes over to her so opens her door she gets out and then he opens up the trunk Throw some bags onto the front lawn. And he says, see you later. <laughs> he fucking it takes off. <laughs> I go, oh, Jesus Christ, Char. All right, let's go. I get it. She gets into the uh, fucking radio station. And um, I, I, I just talked or I just listened. I didn't do anything, you know. Uh, and then she slept on the couch. I actually... Uh, got her a bunch of blankets and put up, I go, all right, Char, this is, I guess where you're sleeping. And then the guy who's on overnights, Tom, Tom Vandervelt, I go, dude, here's what's up. So I filled him on in on everything. And, uh, uh, he was, and then that was it. I don't even know whatever happened to her. That was on uh Friday, Saturday. There's, I get a phone call. Everybody has to show up at the radio station for an emergency meeting. General manager is there, Mike Thomas. He's dead now. He died young. I love that guy. So, you know, this is back when the radio stations had staffs. So there's like 30 people that are crammed into this little mobile home. And Mike comes in, and he's all together now. And uh, 
He explains what happened and he apologizes specifically to me. And, um, he threw himself on the mercy of the court. And he, from that point, um, he immediately dove into, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. He had realized that he, this was the rock bottom. I saw the rock bottom and, uh, he never drank again. And he saved his marriage somehow. He's Mrs. Mike had the grace to keep him around and he fucking fixed it. And, uh, so we have this shared history and I'll call, uh, Mike from time to time and his wife, I have never spoken to her since then. We still talk Mike and I, but, <laughs> and I, he knows I tell this story. I go, yeah, for every now and then someone will remind me. And I will tell the thing from the very beginning. Um, Florida man says this incident probably took 30 years off his life. Kenny says he must have made a ton of money. LOL. I don't get it. I don't understand what you mean by that. Because that's why he stayed with her. Oh, no, no, he didn't actually. She just took him back. Maureen says, look at Darla. She's just beautiful. Big girl, how's it going? She's fantastic, and that is that's one of my that's one of the most epic stories ever. And you know, I'll be the first to admit. Occasionally, you might get some embellishment on a story just to make it hilarious or interesting. I don't have to with that story. It that to me the most the uh, show stealer in that is Kevin the engineer for skipping down the hall. To the end of Enter Sandman with, she's here, she's here. And then him dipping out through the window, running around back, army crawling to the car and getting in and leaving me the motherfucker. Whatever happened to Char? I don't know. I'm going to try and find out right now. You ever do that? Just somebody pops in your brain. And you look them up on Facebook. That I did that once, and it cost me a kidney. That was how that all unfolded. I just happened to look up Jeffrey's name. Uh, no, she's not black. That's not her. Yeah, I, I. There's a. She's a very common name, so. Who knows? Who knows? And she may have may have gotten married. She's got to be like, I'm guessing, like close to 60 years old now. But she wanted to screw that night. I'll tell you what. That could have been me. That, that might have fucked me up. Holy shit. Uh, all right. Kenny says, you didn't even have time to tell Kevin. I told you she was coming here. No, I did. Epilogue. At that meeting, Kevin's there. Okay. The meeting when Mike came clean with everybody. And I come walking in. And i never forget because I had a pack of Wrigley's gum. And I go, here. I go, you want some gum? And he goes, yeah. And I look at him and I go, what the fuck, man? What? I go, dude. Jesus Christ. 
as soon as shit got, as soon as the heat came, you'd fucking take off like that. I, I could have gotten fucking killed. I go, my God, dude. wonder what the fuck he's doing. Let's see. Kevin Lark, radio engineer. Mm-hmm. Boy, I don't know, man. Such a common name. Probably retired. Everybody's retired. Mike retired. Mike went on to become a program director. Okay. After that, I think he was a program director in Kalamazoo at WRKR. Mike was a program director in Iowa on a radio station years later that he ended up picking up the Free Beer and Hot Wings show. So we've we've kind of crossed paths in weird ways over the years. He wanted me to do the RKR, the WRKR morning show in Kalamazoo in 1998. Um, but it didn't work out. And uh, yeah, he was running that radio station and I ended up moving to Tennessee. And um, if I had taken the Kalamazoo job, I would have never gone to Tennessee and never had my time with Free Beer and Hot Wings, which led me to where I am now. If I would have taken the uh, Kalamazoo job with Mike and he probably would have had sex with me. So there's that. Okay. That is my time. So who's our asshole of the day? This has been a fun filled festival. Brandis says when Freebird and Hot Wings were in Iowa, that's how I found you, Eric Zane. And now you're in Wisconsin. What the fuck was the name of that? It was uh, it was at Cedar. It was Cedar something, Iowa. Cedar, uh, Cedar Springs. No, Cedar something. It's Cedar something, I- Iowa. I don't remember. So so long ago. Um, by the way, Cedar Rapids. When Mike eventually fired Mike was after I left Freebird Hotwings, I got fired. Mike eventually fired them. I talked to him after that and I said, why did you fire them? And he said, I hated the show. And so that's why I did it. And because of what they did to you, I said, Oh, well, I appreciate that. One of them. And he doesn't remember who one of the members of that show sent him a hate letter. It could have been any member of them, which referenced the story that I just told you in a malicious way. That's what he told me after he fired them. I think I will call him um, when I'm going up north this weekend. Brandis says Cedar Rapids is where I live now, dingbat. Where did you get Wisconsin? What? Fuck. Kyler shows up late and immediately fats out says asshole the day your hairline my hairline looks fantastic what are you talking about he says your sponsor actually has your haircut right though for once well yeah i get my haircut at king's room barbershop i can get my hair cut you'll always be disgustingly fat 
You'll always have tits bigger than Dolly Parton. Brought to you by TC Paintball. The asshole of the day is Kyler. Thank you for being here, though. Becca Shea says, receding much? LOL. My hairline is not receding. I have always had a hairline that was a widow's peak. This is the same as it was when I was fucking born. You fucking dicks. Fuck, fuck the both of you. Well, that's it for the week. Uh, I will have a Patreon bonus podcast today, so that isn't really it for the week. Uh, thank you, as always, for being here as part of this one. Till next time, thank you, folks. Bye-bye.